We've seen conversion therapy on the rise in Egypt, in Lebanon, in Africa, and throughout Southeast Asia. So while Western nations may be introducing bans, there is definitely an increase that's happening globally. The vast majority of people who run conversion therapy organizations are actually LGBTQ folks themselves who claim that they have changed. This is a movement of hurt people hurting other people. The Holy Spirit can give you new desires and wants. Jesus can transform you. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. The Pope urges worldwide decriminalization of same-gender sex, Germany remembers queer Holocaust victims, and a Netflix doc and a lesbian rights group fight conversion therapy. Those stories and more this week because you've chosen This Way Out. I'm Kaylin Herdman. And I'm Michael LeBeau. With NewsRap a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending January 28, 2023. Pope Francis renewed his call for the Catholic Church to respect the dignity of LGBTQ people. In an interview this week with the Associated Press, the pontiff said, Being homosexual isn't a crime. We are all children of God and God loves us as we are. He stopped short of advocating for a change in church policy, noting that Catholic doctrine still judges homosexual acts to be sinful. But, he pointed out, it's also a sin to lack charity with one another. Catholic bishops who support criminal penalties for homosexuality need to undergo a process of conversion, Francis said. At least 67 countries still outlaw private, consensual, same-gendered sex between adults, and 11 of those impose the death penalty in some or all cases including several countries that maintain diplomatic relations with the Holy See, such as Pakistan, Yemen, and the United Arab Emirates. Marianne Duddy-Burke, Executive Director of Dignity USA, a queer Catholic organization, joined other LGBTQ plus faith leaders and advocates to praise the Pope's comments. She said, World leaders and legislators in many, many countries pay attention to what Catholic officials say, Shifting the stance and pushing for an end to making queer identity illegal will make life safer for many people around the world. Francis has a history of softening the church's rhetoric toward gay and lesbian Catholics. In 2013, the first year of his papacy, he said, If a person is gay and seeks God and has goodwill, who am I to judge? In a historic first, the German parliament dedicated its annual Holocaust Memorial Day to queer victims of the Nazi regime. At a ceremony in Berlin, Barbel Baugh, president of Parliament's lower house, acknowledged that LGBTQ people targeted during the Holocaust have been largely forgotten. That's now changed, thanks to years of lobbying by queer activists. In his address to Parliament, Baugh said, The harshest fates were suffered by the many thousands of women and men who were deported to concentration camps as a result of their sexuality, sometimes on false pretexts. They found themselves on the very bottom rung of the so-called camp hierarchy and were exposed to constant violence with absolutely no protection. Henny Ingalls of the German Lesbian and Gay Association called the January 27th commemoration an important symbol of recognition of the suffering and the dignity of the imprisoned, tortured, and murdered victims. 
The right-wing government of Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced its opposition this week to the appointment of Sarub Kirpal to the Delhi High Court. This, despite the recommendation by a panel of senior judges calling Kirpal highly qualified for the post. The government has not been subtle about why it objects to the appointment. Kirpal is a proud gay man who lives with his Swiss partner in New Delhi. The government claims that his ardent involvement and passionate attachment to the cause of gay rights would make it impossible for him to rule fairly in cases related to LGBTQ rights. During a panel discussion at a literary festival, Kirpal pushed back on the government's reasoning. If a judge thinks they are biased, they should recuse themselves, he said, according to India Today. Kirpal condemned the idea that a judge could be completely divorced from their upbringing, the social milieu, their perceptions and ideas, noting that those influences all shape who they are and how they interpret the Constitution. The panel of senior judges is sticking to its belief that Kirpal's appointment to the Delhi High Court would add value to the bench and provide inclusion and diversity. The panel asserted in a recent statement that it is blatantly unconstitutional to reject a judicial appointee based solely on their sexual orientation. A Maltese man who claims to be ex-gay is facing charges of violating the nation's law against promoting conversion therapy, a discredited belief that queer people can be straightened through a combination of counseling and prayer. In April 2022, Matthew Greck told PM News Malta that he stopped being homosexual after attending a Christian church. He's expected to be charged with promoting conversion therapy during a court appearance on February 3rd. Two interviewers are also being charged. Grek has since claimed in a Facebook post that he was not specifically talking about conversion therapy. He claims to disdain that description and says he was only sharing his experience as someone who left homosexuality. We were just having a conversation as we have a right to in this country. So for us, it is unthinkable to get to this point, he said. If he's found guilty, Grek could be jailed for up to five months and face a fine of up to several thousand euros. Britain's Christian Legal Center has announced that it will aid Grek in his defense. Meanwhile, a U.S. federal appeals court in San Francisco has upheld a ban on conversion therapy in the state of Washington. A three-judge panel in the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected a challenge to the law last September, but the self-identified Christian family therapist who had filed the suit urged the full court to reconsider. Over a dissenting minority of Republican-appointed judges, the full Ninth Circuit refused to take up the case last week, allowing the panel's decision to stand. Alliance Defending Freedom, a far-right group representing the therapist, said it is considering its options moving forward. The Washington law, enacted in 2018, imposes a range of fines and penalties on licensed health care providers found guilty of trying to change the sexual orientation or gender identity of people under the age of 18. More than 20 U.S. states have similar laws. Florida's far-right Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is trying to disparage two birds with one stone. At a January 23rd press conference, he defended his ban on an advanced placement high school African-American studies course because of, well, the gay. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? 
that is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. And so we're on, that's the wrong side of the line for Florida standards. We believe in teaching kids uh, facts and how to think, but we don't believe they should have an agenda imposed on them. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. At their own January 25th press conference, three AP honor students said they will be the lead plaintiffs in a lawsuit challenging DeSantis. Well-known civil rights attorneys Ben Crump and Craig Weisenhunt have agreed to represent the students. Crump tweeted, African-American history and its extraordinary value will not be erased by Ron DeSantis or anyone. Finally, the milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Remember this Fox News blowhard? M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. We featured authoritarian, Trump-loving, racist, homophobe commentator Tucker Carlson last March in this program, railing against the makers of M&Ms for updating the images of their spokescandies. Most egregious in the eyes of Carlson and his far-right cronies was the decision to replace the stilettos of Ms. Green with running shoes. Mars, the company that makes M&Ms, melted on Twitter this week by announcing they don't want their products to be polarizing, so they're retiring the spokes candies and replacing them with comic actress and Saturday Night Live alum Maya Rudolph. She'll debut as the M&M spokesperson in TV ads during the February 12th Super Bowl. We wonder, however, assuming he'd be interested, if Ms. Rudolph would be willing to pucker up with Tucker. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending January 28th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Michael LeBeau. Stay healthy. And I'm Kaylin Hardman. Stay safe. Hi, this is Greg Luganis. I'm Margaret Cho. This is Edmund White. Hi, I'm Kate Clinton. I'm Irvishi Vad. Hello, I'm Armistead Maupin. I'm Clive Barker. This is Judy Shepard. I'm Dennis Shepard. Hello, this is Ian McKellen. I'm Jerry Jewell. I'm Stephen Fry. I'm Harvey Milk. Hi, this is Janice Ian. My name's Robbie Rogers. This is Essex Hemphill. I'm Ellen DeGeneres. I'm Jab Hunter. I'm Billy Bean. I'm Roman Kalin from Moscow. This is John Cameron Mitchell. Hello, I'm Bruce Valland. Hey, everybody, this is Lee Delaria. This is Bishop Gene Robinson. I'm Reverend Troy Perry. I'm Robbie Kaplan. I'm Andrew Sullivan. This is Augustine Burroughs. I'm Barney Frank. I'm Cleve Jones. My name is Kate Kendall. I'm Dan Savage. Hi, I'm Daryl Stevens. And you've discovered This Way Out. This Way Out. This Way Out. The international radio show for all our sexually diverse communities. How dare they? And those who love them. You ain't gonna get this nowhere else. Oh my. And that's the truth. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you.
Matthew Shurka, co-founder of the National Center for Lesbian Rights, Born Perfect campaign in 2014. It seeks to end conversion therapy in the United States and around the world. Christine Stolakis produced and directed Pray Away, a Netflix documentary inspired by her transgender uncle's horrific experiences that takes viewers inside the Pray Away the Queer movement. From out in the bay, Eric Jansen shares his conversation with the two unchangeable activists. Matthew, tell us what qualifies as conversion therapy and when did the practice uh, become common? Or perhaps we should say, when, when was it popularized? Trying to cure homosexuals has existed for more than a century in a more modern context. You know, you can go to the early 1900s and think of lobotomies and electric shock therapy. It was up until 1973 when the American Psychiatric Association voted to remove homosexuality as a disease from the DSM-5 list that there was a real shift on how the medical and mental health practitioners viewed homosexuality. And in that very same year, some of the largest organizations, and specifically Exodus International, were founded in that very same year in response to homosexuality being no longer viewed as a disease by those professional fields. And yes, there's no scientific backing for it whatsoever. And there have been so many different attempts that we hear about, whether it's just through one-on-one talk therapy, like you imagine when you go and see a therapist, or there are more aggressive forms of conversion therapy that are aversion types of therapy, like electric shock therapy, having kids take medications that are being prescribed to them and shouldn't be prescribed to them. Even just something as simple as taking antidepressants when maybe the person's not really depressed. Maybe they're just not being accepted at home for who they are. In my personal story of my time in conversion therapy, I was told to take Viagra, yet I didn't have erectile dysfunction. I just was a gay young boy. You were in conversion therapy from about the age of 16? Yeah, 16 to 21, and it was a total of five years. The entirety of those five years was conducted by licensed professionals. I guess you could say in a weird way, my parents did their due diligence. A lot happened in those five years. And I think in short, I went through a training of how to build my masculinity and understand my relationship to my peers a.k.a. men, (laughs) and the opposite sex women, and understanding what those relationships should be, according to the the therapist. Christine, I want to bring you in. You're the director and producer of Pray Away, a documentary on Netflix that profiles former leaders of the religious conversion therapy movement. So tell us a little bit about the film and what inspired you to make it. I got into this topic because my uncle went through conversion therapy when he came out as transgender as a child, similar to Matthew, he went through conversion therapy with licensed therapists, though this was in an era when every therapist was a conversion therapist. So this is in the late 60s and early 70s. And what followed his time in talk therapy was a lifetime of mental health challenges that I now know are very common for people that go through this, that included depression and anxiety and alcoholism and addiction to prescription drugs and obsessive compulsive disorder and suicidality. And his life was hellish. And that belief that he could change and that to be a, to be trans was both a sickness and a sin, that stuck with him way beyond his time sitting across the table from a, a licensed therapist. Never believed that he could live as a trans individual. Always thought change was potentially around the corner and always thought it was his personal failure that he could not become cis. 
and he actually passed away right before I went to film school very unexpectedly. And in the wake of his passing, I decided I wanted my first feature documentary to be about this movement. So I started to research and what I found is that the vast majority of people who run conversion therapy organizations are actually LGBTQ folks themselves who claim that they have changed. This is a movement of hurt people hurting other people of internalized homophobia and transphobia wielded outward. And that really helped me understand why my uncle believes that change was possible his whole life. It's because there are very persuasive teachers who claim that they've changed themselves. So the film really became a study of why would someone ever claim that they have changed? Why would they do that when we know all the things that we've already said, that conversion therapy is not only ineffective, but doesn't work at all, is not based in any science and causes pain and trauma for folks, et cetera, et cetera. How much is religion behind all of it? Was that behind the psychological associations having homosexuality as an illness way back when? Well, you can say, you know, when it was removed as a disorder by the American Psychiatric Association, the religious angle, which was always there, was a good way to actually treat, I'm doing air quotes, treat homosexuality or being trans through a way that was not through the mental health field. And it has really grown. And yes, I would say it's the majority of it. However, I also like to say, and we don't have exact numbers on this, a lot of these religious figures, because they are seeking credibility, one, many of them do become licensed professionals and as well be religious figures. So they may be a counselor, a social worker, maybe even a psychotherapist, or they will work with a psychotherapist to also guide them with some ways to use professional techniques. So I, I like to make up a number so it gives people an idea. If you want to think of for like for every professional therapist that is doing quote unquote conversion therapy, they'll work with 10 pastors near them. And, and, and what they do is they all refer, they also have a referral system there where these pastors will find a young LGBT person, either treat them themselves or refer them to the one therapist that they know. And, and that's also how they make money. There is a, there is a, this is an industry where money is being made amongst these therapists and religious figures who charge by the hour. Um, so yes, to answer your question, majority of it is religious space, but they are working very much so hand in hand with professionals. Wild. Absolutely. And and also beyond the more formal arrangements, even when this happens within religious organizations, and a lot of it does happen within religious organizations, psychology and disproven psychological beliefs are weaved into the message that this is a sin. And that is a really powerful and toxic combination for people that not only are you sick, but you're sinning. And not only are you sinning, but you are very sick. People um, are looking for credible, quote unquote, my turn to do air quotes, sources to point to uh, justify homophobic and transphobic religious beliefs. And the air of psychology can make things sound a lot more official. But there's new ways in which conversion therapy and the ex-LGBTQ movement is changing, growing, rebranding. There's a huge online presence of what's called the hashtag change movement, where you might not be sitting across the table from some sort of therapist or pseudotherapist that's a pastor, but you might find tons of ex-LGBTQ quote-unquote testimonies online on an Instagram or TikTok page 
that is going to teach you the same belief systems, but just in a different form. I think it's the idea that being LGBTQ is a sickness and a sin, and that you can somehow treat it, you can somehow pray this hard or see this therapist and something could change. That is the belief system overall that's continued also. And that's something we tried to capture in the film. It's a practice, but it's a movement. So Matthew, what inspired you to found Born Perfect? And you know, tell us how that work is evolving, please. You know, it was really non-intentional. <laughs> I think one thing led to another in my life experience. So I left conversion therapy in 2009. I went through therapy to overcome conversion therapy. I'm in a great place. Um, but it was, and it was around 2012. I was 23 turning 24 years old. I had just created a video that a friend suggested for the It Gets Better project. And that video went viral on YouTube for, you know, not anything too big, but big enough to catch the eyes of some organizations. And the National Center for Lesbian Rights had reached out to me. And so I began volunteering with them. And California was the very first state where they introduced legislation to make it illegal. And it passed in the fall of 2012. In 2014, we decided to give it its own name, its own campaign. And with the National Center for Lesbian Rights, I co-founded Born Perfect. Ending conversion therapy has become the fastest moving cause in the LGBT movement. Christine, you asked me to play a clip from the film from Jeffrey McCall. He's a current conversion therapy advocate who formerly identified as transgender. In this clip, he shares why he decided to take part in the conversion therapy movement. The biggest things that Jesus is to me is truth. When you know the truth, the truth sets you free. I believe the Bible, that these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. I do believe that people can change and have a refreshing renewing over their whole sexuality. The Holy Spirit can give you new desires and wants. Jesus can transform you. I'm Eric Jansen discussing conversion therapy with Christine Stolakis, director and producer of the Netflix documentary Pray Away, and Matthew Shurka, co-founder and chief strategist at the National Center for Lesbian Rights' Born Perfect Project. Born Perfect is a campaign to end conversion therapy by passing laws across the country to protect LGBTQ children and young people, fighting in courtrooms to ensure their safety and raising awareness about the serious harms caused by these dangerous practices. That's a quote from their website. So would you say that the conversion therapy movement today is growing? There's so many corners of our country and our world where this is continuing. So we know it continues on every major continent. And we know that there is a kind of burgeoning millennial driven movement that we capture and pray away that is continuing the same practices and beliefs, but in slightly different, again, millennial internet driven forms. We're in a world where social media and the internet has taken a real new form and life of its own. We do see the numbers today when a conversion therapist or an organization that does conversion therapy produces a video and it gets millions of views. And that is visible for all of us to see now. We have partnered with Facebook now on tracking those numbers. They have created a policy how to take down those posts you know, through the Facebook reports that we've worked on internationally through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and other social media channels, the numbers are enormous. 
Specifically in the Middle East, we've seen conversion therapy on the rise in Egypt, in Lebanon, in Africa, and throughout Southeast Asia, specifically Malaysia as well. So while Western nations may be introducing bans, there's, there is definitely an increase that's happening globally. I also was going to add that for trans folks, you know, we're talking about conversion therapy in religious organizations. We're talking about conversion therapy with like pseudoscience, you know, being weaved into religious beliefs that sends these, you know, really damaging messages. But for trans folks that go to licensed therapists today, there is a decent chance plenty of trans folks with licensed therapists are getting misinformation and a complete lack of gender affirming care that's sending a message that to be trans is a sickness, which in my book is conversion therapy. You know, we can maybe debate the semantics as we evolve to how to stop that practice and make sure that that's not happening to um, our trans community. There's no question that in mainstream society, in religious and secular communities, that trans folks are often getting a message still that they are sick um, and not being given gender affirming care when they go to their doctors, when they go to therapists. Where can people see the film and how can they get involved in helping Born Perfect? You can see the film on Netflix, um, which is such a gift. And I'm so grateful for our partnership with them. And the website is? www.prayawayfilm.com. Prayawayfilm.com. Thank you. Matthew? Please reach out and connect with us at bornperfect.org. That is the same on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at bornperfect. There's so many ways to participate. I think finding about local legislation, how you can support those bills is really important and powerful, especially if you live in a state or a city that doesn't have any protection. You can also find that on our website if your state has those protections in place. And we do have a legal helpline. So if you or anyone you know has experienced conversion therapy and you have a legal question or seeking legal support or even potentially want to bring a case, you can call our legal helpline. That's also on our website. And our team would love to be you know, in communication with you. And please know that all communications are confidential. Very good. Matthew Shurka and Christine Stolakas. Thank you both for being here. I really appreciate your taking the time and for all the work you're doing. Thank you for having us. Thanks, I'm Eric Jansen. Faithful Australian bridge builder Anthony Van Brown offers help to people suffering from PTSD-caused conversion therapy or other anti-queer religious abuse. When someone calls you an abomination or they say that you're evil or whatever they say about you as an LGBTQ person, those words only have the power that you give them. PTSD isn't what's wrong with you. It's about what happened to you. Next time on This Way Out. Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Caitlin Hardman and Michael LeBeau, produced by Brian DeShazer. Special thanks to David Hunt for editing assistance. Our correspondent was Eric Jansen from Out in the Bay, produced by Kendra Klein and with sound design and original editing by Christopher Beale. The Who and Lady Gaga performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. 
This way I thanks the Ivana Foundation and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. This program only continues with the critical support of all of our listener donors. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappell and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening. Free online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on KPCA, Petaluma, California, to MDM, Cunambo, New South Wales, WRFN, Nashville, Tennessee, and a wide array of community, terrestrial, and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.